0: Good morning, everyone. just need to reintroduce myself. I haven't been here in like a month. Uh, my name is Jeff Hickman. I'm one of the ministers here at the North River Church of Christ, grateful to be with all of you. Uh, I have been, uh, along with my wife and my oldest daughter and many others, been in Trinidad and Tobago for the last uh, three weeks uh, serving the church out there. Uh, so it, it, was, it was a great experience. We're going to talk more about the trip. Wow, there's so much to share. Uh, Felix and Cheryl Johnson were absolute all-stars out there. Harold and Jerry Channer, unbelievably amazing, just laying down their lives. So we're going to share more about that. Our college students, unbelievable. Uh, Over 100 People that we met on campus got their contact information on the University of West Indies campus. Bible studies are happening as we speak. Uh, so much to share. Uh, it was a powerful experience. Uh, Mark and Lynn were on the trip. They're out of town, so we figured we'd wait uh, to give you kind of more of a download about what happened when they get back. Uh, so I just want to give you a little teaser. So come back next week if you want to hear more. Um, but Trinidad and Tobago was a phenomenal trip. And uh, the church there is really connected deeply with us. And uh, a little closer to home yesterday, uh, I was able to experience something really cool. Got to hang out uh, at Bolahan and Tochi's house, and they have a new little one. And uh, they, uh, in their culture, they have a baby naming ceremony. Uh, so it was really cool. So I was able to preside over the baby naming ceremony. Uh, I hope I didn't mess up all the stuff, but it was fun. I I felt honored, actually, to to be a part of such a great congregation uh, to where we have so many different cultures, right? And uh, I mean, it was so cool We had people from Nigeria over Zoom. Uh, So I got to be the one to reveal the name. I knew the name before even the family—a lot of the family members. Uh, So it was cool that uh, the the little one named Aderemi Atito Oliver Adefila. That uh, is—there we go, there we go. Fun time! I love being in this family, it's just, it's just great. So hopefully Bohan and Tochi don't mind me putting their picture up there, but amen. I'll move on if they are upset about that. Okay, so we're going to uh, continue our, our series uh, in Atlanta as it is in heaven. The Sermon on the Mount, guys, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount pretty much the entire year. I think we could run it back and still learn 50 more things, right, every day. Uh, So, I just hope that uh, we can continue to allow the the teachings of Jesus to really impact our hearts, alter the way we view this world, and and have us put ourselves, willingly submit ourselves under the reign of Jesus so that we walk in his ways, choose that narrow way, and uh, put his kind of yoke upon us and live in the way he would call us to live. Uh, That easy yoke, that, that lovely light yoke, right? Even though it's sacrifice. And it can be challenging. That's the path that we hopefully will desire to be on. And we're going to talk more about that uh, this morning. And so, let's say a word of prayer and and get right into the Word of God. Father, we we come to you this morning wanting to have humble hearts, wanting to uh, learn, wanting to submit to the reign of Jesus in our lives. Father, I pray that we can uh, be attentive to how you may be talking to us. You may have been trying to reach us through an experience we had at our places of work throughout the week, or you may have been talking to us through a song lyric for all we know. Uh, But I know right now that when your word is open, uh, Lord, powerful things can happen in our hearts. And I just pray that we can not be distracted. I pray that people can put their phones away. And if the Bible is on the phone to not start... Tweeting and doing all the other stuff, but to just give you this time. It's not about me. It's about you, God. This is, this is time to focus on you and to say how great you are, t- and not how, how, how whatever else is going on in the world doesn't really matter right now. Uh, what matters is we're opening up your Word, your Word that has stood the test of time, because you are the Creator, God. And even after we're long gone, you will still be here, Lord. And your Word will stay strong, and it will continue to do what your Word does. When when humble hearts meet your word, powerful things happen. And uh, so, I pray for that even this morning. And I pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, let's jump in. Jesus got some things to say to us, right? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So we'll, we'll stop right there. So if this were a movie and we were all in acting stuff out, who is probably the one that might be the false prophet, right? It would be a guy like me, right? And so even when I'm preparing this message, I'm like, I need to t- teach you guys how to look out for the false prophet. That's like my first instinct. I got to feed the sheep. Make sure y'all, y'all know how to figure out the false prophet. But then I thought, well, hold up what if I'm a false prophet? Right? I mean, why, why, why just expect you to follow this passage and not apply it to myself first? Right? And so, you know, I figured out, I was like, wow, that, that's interesting. Like, how do I know I'm not a false prophet? Right? And, uh, and so, I, I tried to sit on that for a while. Uh, and I think that, you know, honestly, I think this message— Hopefully you'll realize it's been more for me maybe than for you <laughs> as I want to stand up in front of you uh, and not come across as some sheep, uh, but maybe be inwardly a wolf. Man, I hope that's not me, but I'll tell you what, I was listening to Jesus and trying to make sure that that's not where I was coming from. Because here's the deal, Jesus is standing on a strong tradition because God has made himself very clear about how he feels about false prophets. And I thought, you know, some of us are Old Testament anemic. We are allergic sometimes to the Old Testament. So sometimes I feel the need to kind of bring that back into the mix a little bit. And so I said, you know, let me go to a passage in the Old Testament where God is conveying his heart regarding false prophets. And if you want to follow along, you can, or you can just listen. Because this is like we're kind of listening in on a sermon that God inspired Jeremiah to utter, right? Jeremiah chapter 23. We'll pick pick it up earlier, but for time's sake, we'll start in verse 16. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you'll have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or hear his work? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath and a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, notice that, in days to come, takes time, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I only a God nearby? declares the Lord. And not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I can't see him? declares the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name. Just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? is not my word like fire and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Therefore, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who, who steal from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare, the Lord declares, Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies, yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. Is that clear? (laughs) I think God's heart on false prophets is real. Prophesying in his name, but stuff that not from him right? They haven't spent time in his counsel to really understand God's will, but they're just willing to say whatever they want to say, what's on their minds. And so, I don't want to be that person, right? Uh, I don't want to be the false prophet. But how will, how can we tell who a false prophet is, right? You know, you know, you know what it takes people? It takes time. And it takes closeness, right? You got to be close enough to be able to see what's going on in somebody's life, right? Because people can say what they want to say, but look at their lives. He says, you know, you will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. A very simple, simple analogy, right? What kind of fruit is the tree bearing, right? And notice this, because this is how we are in in our culture, I think. Notice what he says in verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down. It will be cut down. Whose responsibility is to cut it down? It ain't yours. <laughs> right? That's how we are. We want to just cut it down. Right? That's it. We spiritual lumberjacks. Let's go. <laughs> Instead of sharpening your axe, you need to sharpen your vision. Right? That's what you need to be doing. You need to be able to discern what's going on. Instead of trying to chop the tree down, God going to take care of the false prophet. It's his job to chop the false prophet down and do what he's going to do. That's not your job, all right? But you know what your job is? Spiritually discerning what's going on, being able to look at the fruit of someone's life. I appreciate a a book. I encourage you to, I've already said to get it, but you know, you got to repeat things. This is a little book. It's only like this, this thick. Easy to read, simple. I think a lot of the college students read it. I really like this quote. Properly identifying a tree's fruit and quality requires time and proximity. The same goes for leaders. Sadly, these two qualities are undervalued in too many churches today. We are content granting enormous spiritual authority to people we encounter only on screens at a distance. And the temptation of trends means we rarely stay anywhere long enough to see the real fruit of a leader's life. Brief, distant engagement with leaders is the perfect scenario for wolves to flourish. Isn't it crazy how we can grant so much spiritual authority? Like we'll listen to some person on a podcast we never met, don't know what they do with their life, don't know anything about their relationship with their kids or their, if they have them, whatever. And we'll just grant them all this spiritual authority over us. We have no idea what's really the fruit of their lives. Isn't that amazing? But you can come to a church for years. I've been here like 16 and a half years. At the end of the day, the fruit is all up. You can, if you can't see by now, you're blind, right? <laughs> and I hope you know I got my faults. I got my shadow sides just like all of you. I got shadow sides. I don't always come out on top. But I, I've been here 16 and a half years. At the end of the, Most of you even you know where I live. I've been living in the same house for 16 years you know what I mean? I got two kids. They've grown up in this place. Been married to the same woman. 23 and a half years. You know, is our marriage perfect? No, but you, I mean, if you look and I'm sure you can see stuff you want to see, right? It's, I'm not trying to hide nothing. It, It is what it is. Here I am, right? But it's not about me. But in this passage, the context of this passage, you probably should be looking at how I'm doing in my life and not just what I'm saying on stage. Because it's easy to put a good band behind me, say some really good things, be a good public speaker, but really just not have the fruit that Jesus is talking about. So don't, don't fall for that. Don't fall for, I might have a gift that God gave me for public speaking, but look beyond that and look at the fruit. And then you figure out what you want to do with your life. But here's the deal. Here's the deal too. Sometimes we go through seasons in life, don't we? Sometimes we go through seasons. And we won't know the tree's quality until the seasons have passed, right? So even personally, we all go through seasons. Is that not true? You know, and uh, you know, I I feel like personally, honestly, like right now at this moment in my life, I would say I'm probably closer to what would be considered like a dark night of the soul than like feeling like awesome, you know? And you might go, oh my gosh, my preacher's struggling spiritually. I'm not really saying I'm struggling spiritually. What I'm saying is, I think I've gotten to a place in my walk where sometimes I can feel distant from God even though I know he's there. You know, and even the things that I've done before, Alexio Divina or whatever, centering prayer, just having a good old-fashioned quiet time, sometimes doesn't help me feel, like feel as connected to God as I would like to things that I used to do that would just like, work, work so well. Like right now, after 27 years walking with Jesus, they don't work so well, and I'm like, "Wow, is God? I know intellectually God is there, but sometimes I don't feel the connection that I used to feel. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that before. you know? But that, that's kind of maybe to, like, kind of, I'm in that kind of season. So you might look at me and go, man, Jeff's not as friendly as he usually is. I know he's kind of mellow a lot of times, but, man, he doesn't seem to run and give me big hugs anymore or whatever. Well, maybe that's just the season I'm in. But you know what? I won't always be here. Just like God's people weren't always in the wilderness. But they needed to be in that wilderness for a while. Just like Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert and got hungry. He, was, he, had, to do, he had to do without. He needed that time. Sometimes we are in the deserts and in the wildernesses of of life with God. And sometimes it doesn't feel great. You're not fully fed and feeling, ah, but you're still with God. You know, I think we got to learn how to let people like that share at church sometimes. Hey, I'm not doing amazingly great. I don't know if I'm killing it spiritually, but I still love God. Maybe we need to hear that message a little more, you know, so that we can, some of us that feel the same way in this room might not go, oh man, I'm, you know. I think we need, to, we need to hear that. And just like a, a person can go through times where the fruit might not be what we think, so can a church. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, uh, this church is going through a lot, right? Yeah. You know, we've been around, what, 18 years, but now the people that kind of started the church are getting a little older. We all get older, right? And they're kind of relinquishing some responsibilities, which is healthy, yeah. right? You don't want just old, 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 old people <laughs> leading the whole, the church is going to die. So thank God our older members are willing to pass the baton. Thank God we have people like that. But transitions are clunky. When you it's hard to figure out what's how do I do this what? And so honestly we can feel a little bit like what's our what's our direction? I'm not sure. We're so used to doing it this way but I don't know if that's the way we totally want to do it but we how can we draw from the good and And so you might look at the church right now and look at the fruit and go, I'm not sure what kind. Is that a kumquat? Is that a, I don't know, mango? What is on this tree? I don't even know. So I, I just want you to know, we acknowledge that. And at the end of the day, what can we say? We're trying to find our way. As a church, we're trying to find our way. And for those of you willing to stick around and wait for the fruit to be seen for what it is, we appreciate it because we know some have decided, you know, I don't know about this place. Everybody's a grown-up, make your decisions, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna stand here and denigrate anybody for the decisions that they've made, even if I disagree with them. But for those of you still here, I just wanna say thanks. The fruit on my tree ain't perfect. The fruit on this church's tree ain't perfect. But I have faith. Yeah. I have faith in the God that we serve. And I believe that ultimately, the fruit that we will bear on this tree will be like the fruit you heard about in the welcome today. Some random family group's gonna send a pa- package to Brooklyn, New York, to somebody they don't even know? Yeah. What, what kind of church is that? See, that's the kind of fruit I wanna be about. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? Thanks for sticking with us. Those of you who are still here, thanks. Yeah. And I appreciate the, the grace. Yeah. And I do hope that we can, you know, make God proud over time with the type of uh, fruit that we bear yeah. in, in, in His name. So I'll just keep it moving from there. Um, How much time I got? Oh, good. I'm doing good. All right. The next part of Jesus' sermon. Here we go. (laughs) Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, hey, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Away from me. You who behave lawlessly. This is a hard teaching right here. This is a hard teaching. And here's the deal, guys. You know, we got to remember who we're following. We're following the Lord Jesus. The trajectory of his life, guys, was not all about popularity, right? right. It's not about that. It wasn't about that for Jesus. He lived most of his life in obscurity. He's, he's the guy that no one— Isn't that Mary and Joseph's kid? He's that kind of guy, Right? He's the guy that the, 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 the enemy's tempting him. Hey, do this great thing. If you do this, man, you'll get lots of likes and followers, and you'll be an influencer, and people will be subscribing to your channel. Just do these major, big things. Yeah. Isn't that what you want? Lots of people liking you? That was actually the temptation from the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jesus, now all impressed with all this kind of flashy stuff. We got to remember who we're following. So not everyone who just claims like a religious affiliation means that they're going to ultimately. And I do think this is kind of an end time kind of moment here, right? Enter because there's an aspect of the kingdom that is among us, right? But there's also an aspect of the kingdom that's not fully here yet. (laughs) And I think that's what Jesus is getting at, right? There's going to come a time when all everything kind of gets evened out and figured out. And in that day, some people aren't going to really enter into that f- final aspect of the kingdom of heaven. It's about doing God's will. We're going to look at that closer next week when we conclude uh, kind of this part of the, the series. We're going to go into some of the next passages and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, next-, next Sunday. But I do want to, you know, bring our attention to verse 22. On that day, it says many will— isn't that a hard to hear? Many people feel this way, Right? You know, didn't we prophesy, right? We spoke your words, God. We powerful preaching. Casting out demons. Wow. Exorcisms like that's intense. Miracles, mighty works and all in your name. Sounds just like that Jeremiah passage where Jesus, God was talking about that. People can do it in the name, but what's the problem? The problem is he says, I never knew you. Where was the intimacy? Remember the Jeremiah passage, you didn't sit in my counsel. You didn't spend time with me to understand who I really was. And that's why you weren't doing what I needed you to do. And that's what Jesus is saying again. I didn't know you. You know, you can do a bunch of stuff in, in the name of God or whatever, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. That doesn't mean you're intimately involved and engaged with him in a covenant type relationship that's a challenge to us today don't fall for the way this world works today guys it totally works differently than this moment yes. that's right. it does you can't fall for it and too many of us are falling for it too many of us are so wanting to be an influencer and do all these crazy amazing things but here's Jesus he's the guy that's touching the person nobody else wants to touch Are you willing to, to, to love somebody that no one else is willing to love, right? That's what it's all about. It's about those acts of compassion yeah. and grace and patience, exhibiting patience to somebody that drives you crazy, right? That, doing that type of stuff, that's, those are the things that shows like, wow, now that person's been with God. Like I said, I could just get up here and use... God can, maybe gave me a gift of public speech. I could just do that. But, but where's my heart with God? And he even says, you behave lawlessly. Like, whoa! Wow! Some of your translations say Evil doers." Wow! Some of us get uncomfortable when Jesus says stuff like that. But what is he getting at? You know, this word lawlessly, the way it's translated, it shows up in another uh, passage, in, you know, where, where Jesus is talking in Matthew 24. And in verse 12, because of the increase of lawlessness, right, the love of most will grow cold. And there's this connection between, like, when you aren't really intimate with with God, you're not submitting to God. You're like, you're doing, I'm going to do me, do you, that kind of mindset, instead of submitting to Jesus. Like, that's that's not what we need. (laughs) You know, that's lawlessness, just doing you, I'm going to do me. No, do Jesus, all right? The way he says do Jesus. That means submit to him. Submit to his reign and let Jesus live through you. Don't just do you. Anybody can just do themselves, right? You got to be like Jesus. You got to be underneath the reign of Jesus. Otherwise, it's lawless and the love grows cold. Ooh, love. Wait a minute. Isn't that important in the Bible? Last time I heard, that was really important. Isn't that a theme throughout the Bible? Because sometimes, you know, it's the opposite sometimes of love. The big showy stuff Lord Lord look at what I've done remember this passage if I speak in the tongues of men of angels but if I don't have love I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy can fathom all mysteries and knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but if I don't have love I'm nothing if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. It's those acts of love, guys. You wanna, you, do you want to have that day come when many are saying, Lord, Lord, I did all those, I was doing all this stuff. You know what he's going to be looking for? Yeah, but if you really knew me, you'd have been over there at the hospital helping out. If you really knew me, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have held that bitter root in your heart for what that person did to you 13 years ago. Making excuses to why you're just holding on to that bitterness. You don't know me. Because Jesus is the one that absorbs that sin. He's willing to take stuff on, right? That's the Jesus that we follow. He takes our junk and takes it upon himself and, and, and lets it do its, its work on him so that you and I could be set free. That's who we serve. That's love. Self-sacrifice to benefit somebody else. That's love. That's the fruit hopefully we'll bear. Not just great deeds, but that interpersonal stuff. That stuff, that, that, that messy stuff. Yeah. Right? The stuff that person in your family group drives you, you know, crazy that you, you got to deal with stuff. Let's get good at that right? Right? Instead of this showy stuff. I appreciate Jesus' passage, right? I appreciate this passage today. So don't be naive, guys. There are false prophets. There are, there are church leaders who are more interested in growing their personal brand. There really are. There are churches out there that are stating know what they're doing. They're trying to get butts in pews. That's what they're trying to do. Call it what it is. Get some good music. Get a good speech. Get people to pray at the end. Pray a prayer that ain't even in the Bible. No example of anybody praying some prayer to receive salvation. Pump the numbers up. Get more people subscribing to their channel. Get more money. That happens. There are leaders out there doing it right now at this exact hour. So don't be naive. Jesus said it. They'll come at you with sheep's clothing. (laughs) But inside, they're in it for themselves. The self-sacrifice is not there. It's building up their own brand. And hey, that could be me. So you just got to figure that out. Honestly, you got to figure that out for yourself. It could be any one of us leaders. So you got you to look at the fruit of our lives. So, so you know what? Make that investment and take the time to discern the fruit of a person's life and this church's life. Please. Please do, you know. And don't forget, it's about putting yourself under the reign of Jesus, growing in love and intimacy with him, staying in connection with Jesus so that when you go out in this world, you can give this world light and not the same stuff everybody else is giving, which is division and all the craziness that's going on and anger and violence. We're still in the first few pages of the Genesis. That's what it feels like. But it's us, it's those that have the spirit that go in and mess change this chaos that's going out here into order. That's who we are. Hold on to that. Take this love that Jesus gives us out into the world. That's what we're here to do. Even if it hurts us, we sacrifice ourselves to benefit other people. That's Jesus. So let's be that person. So in this time, hey, Lord, Lord, you know, hopefully on that day, we're not, I I don't even want to be talking on that day. I said say a word to Jesus on that day. And if he comes back, I hope I'm just humble, bow my face, and not say a word. And hopefully he'll let me in. All I want to hear from him, I want him to say something. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. I hope he's doing all the talking. I don't want to be doing a, look at the church I led, North River Church of Christ. <laughs> We had this great generation. We had the lighthouse. We did all kind of stuff. Let me Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't even want, I hope I don't say none of that. It's going to have to let my life and the fruit of it be what it is. I hope you can do the same. And I hope we can do it together to the glory of God. Amen. so please join me as we remember Jesus we will take the Lord's Supper together not the most ideal way I know we've talked about that a million times but maybe we'll figure that out too but at this moment we are going to pray for the Lord's Supper and take that together let's pray Lord we uh We are grateful for the life of Jesus. And we are grateful that he gave us these teachings that keep us on the path toward you. We remember his life. We remember those moments that just take our breath away. When that widow just lost her son and just didn't have any prospects in life, but Jesus just willing to to leave all those well-wishers and just to take care of her. We remember moments like that. And we remember his body, though, hanging on that cross, too. We remember that. We remember how he was willing to, to die, to bleed for us. And when we take this bread, we, we remember his body that was on that cross. But, Lord, we, all, we, 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 we drink this drink. We remember the, the, the bloody shed and, and what it took to, to cover our sins. But we also, we remember and we proclaim that return of Jesus as well. And we proclaim as we take this into our our physical bodies that, that these bodies are under the reign of Jesus. And we want it to be that way. And we desire it. And we want to connect with you, Lord. And we want to connect with each other and be that body of Christ out into this world to redeem it. Because we know that's your will. I pray for this moment in the name of Jesus. Amen.